Hey guys, it's Lily here, uh, coming to you from 2.47 a.m. in my bedroom. Uh, anyway, I just had a couple of announcements to make. So, this Sunday, Sam, Lynn, and I are recording the Season 2 finale of It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. And last time we had a finale, we put out a request for emails, questions, whatever, and we didn't really hear back or get anything. So, we just wanted to go ahead and put out that call to action one more time. Uh, you know, see if we can get any questions in, see if anybody wants to write into the show. Y even if it's not a, a question, if it's just feedback or a comment or something, that'd be helpful as well. Um, other than that, uh, I have one more announcement to make, which is when the finale does drop, which should be in roughly two weeks, I believe, um, we're actually going to be shifting our schedule a little bit. Uh, and what this means is the episode will drop on a Tuesday as normal, but then we will be releasing the start of season three the day right after that uh, on Wednesday. And we're going to be shifting our release schedule to Wednesdays now instead of Tuesdays. So uh, that would give me enough time to, uh, you know, record and get everything edited and everything. Uh, but uh, we'll be getting the episode out to you faster uh, from our point of view, and, you know, I think it's just going to be a better time. Uh, but really, that's all. Uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. Peace. <laughs> Okay, what's going on in baseball? Uh, Squid's here. Ate the ate the book. Says the boss has a message. Apparent potentially has. Oh yeah, seems to have forgotten the message. <laughs> I'll just drop Classic Craig Squid. Link. Craig Link is in chat. <clears throat> good stuff. Good stuff. So I'm trying one of the new monster flavors, and it's pretty good. It's the peach nectarine flavor. Does it still taste like monster? And by that I mean, does it still taste utterly horrid and disgusting? By <laughs> that's my review of monster. If you mean by utterly horrid and disgusting, like the classic energy drink thing of tasting like a little bit like fluoride, ah, eh, not really. It's like 
honestly, the other new flavor tastes more like regular monster than this. So the uh, so last last night no Friday I was I guessed it on another podcast. I'm sorry, y'all. I cheated on you. No. Uh, was this the I, so, uh, Metabots podcast? Yes. As far as we are aware, the only currently running Metabots podcast in existence. Uh, which, <laughs> which makes sense. Uh, Metabots has not had any like, <laughs> not any, any like cultural significance in the, uh, a decade. <laughs> uh, although there is like a pack. There's, like, a joint pack of most of the Metabot games coming out on Switch, uh, like, this week or next week. Oh my uh, god. Although I think it's... Uh, yeah, Your Fates Are Sealed is an ominous thing to read on the Blazeball website. <laughs> uh, it might not be Your Fates Are Sealed. The squid says Your Fates Are Sealed or something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I guess it... And then the way that they... So the way they do their time dot is, I thought was incredibly organized because they start the recording on a synchronized time dot is time. Oh. And then they do a clap five seconds after. I mean, that makes sense too. And I was like, wait, you do what? (laughs) I mean, we could do that. We could steal that. But do we need to? Yeah, I'm. I just thought it was a hilarious. Like, oh, they do all of their chaotic banter off the air. That makes sense. <laughs> that sounds I, like something podcasts <laughs> probably do. But I think the chaotic banter gives us charm. The chaotic banter gives us a third of our show each week. Yeah, this is true. This is very true. God, Lynn can. Uh, Lynn can, um, what's the, uh, what's the word here? Attest? Confirm? Attest, confirm that I indeed was up at, like, 8 a.m. this morning. Call for perjury? (laughs) Uh, I was up at 8 a.m. this morning, and I was whining to her about, well, not whining, I was, like, recounting tales of a horror movie titled Malevolent, which... To be clear, I did not go in expecting this movie to be bad by any means. I didn't expect it to be good, but I went in, like... I, I was curious about it. It's it's one of those horror movies that goes completely off the rails in the third act. Where, like, nothing makes sense. Uh, to the point where I misconstrued uh, a serial killer's son as her husband um and also am not sure if he was alive or dead it was very strange yeah also lynn forgot to tell you that at the end of that movie after they leave the mansion uh her brother's ghost is just like out there (laughs) like looking for beth still He's like walking outside like they leave the, they leave the house. <laughs> and <laughs> she <laughs> I can't get over it. That's not going in the podcast because like I just needed to talk about that. But anyway, malevolent bad movie. If you want a movie that falls apart in the third act, just just watch that. 
Oh my god. How has your guys' week been? If nothing else, I am proud that I have been able to continue the habit. Like, I got my exercise bike. I set it up on Tuesday. Got the mat that I wanted to put underneath on Wednesday. So since Wednesday, I have been able to keep up a steady schedule of half an hour to an hour of doing the exercise bike a day. Awesome. I have also been practicing guitar every day, which has been good. So, schedules. Guys, we're doing schedules! Sounds fake. Should we just hop right into, like, podcast, like, let's go ahead and do the bleach? Because I I wrote a lot of words. I don't know if you wrote a lot of words. I wrote my, u- I wrote my usual amount of words. And then I also pasted a bunch of pictures. Because I don't need to write words about those, I just need to describe the pictures. Hello and welcome to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Lily. I'm your co-host, Sam. And I'm your co-host, Ghost Lynn. So, these episodes these this week, I, I'm off to a great start. I, I am on roughly two and a half hours of sleep, but you know what? We're going to make it through. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling mostly awake. Um... I was surprisingly not as hot on the, like, Chad episode as I expected to be, because my episode this week was a Chad episode. I, I, I liked, I liked it, don't get me wrong, I, I liked this episode, but I didn't love it. I think we should probably just, like, get into it and talk about it, because there are some things to talk about, I guess. Virgin Chad episode and Chad's Rocky episode. <laughs> Sam, you can't do that. You can't <laughs> say that. I didn't say it. I wrote it. You're the one who said it. Yeah, uh, well, Sam has been banned from the podcast. I am now single-handedly writing and speaking on this podcast. Sam has been banned. Bye, Sam. The fun part about this episode is I actually, like, when I realized what episode it was going to be, I expected it to be, like, not a good episode, and then I was pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed the episode more than uh, more than I thought I would. I didn't, like, I didn't, like, dislike it. It's just there were some weird bits and pieces I was, like, iffy on, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Should I just jump right into the, uh, to the summary? Just jump right into your summary of episode 37. Motive of the Fist. So, we open in the 8th Division compound as Chad blasts through a wall and encounters the 8th Division third seat, Tatsufusa, in Joji. He says that Chad has gone far enough already, and this path might as well be a dead end. He draws his Zanpakuto and begins, like, wildly flailing it around, asking if Chad is frozen in fear. And then Chad just punches him in the face and sends him to the moon in, like, Team Rocket style? <laughs> like, he, like, literally, like, disappears in a sparkle. Well, like, the character entirely is basically a parody of Chinese martial arts movies. Mm. Uh, like, from the braids, the way he's moving his sword is... He's basically doing the, like, quick nunchuck movement thing. And also, like, the 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 repeated yelling that he's doing is just, like, parodying those, like, wushu movies. I thought this was very funny. I I thought it was very good just seeing him like get punched in the face and just fly away and disappear. That it was pretty good. 
Chad looks to his fist and notes that he used to be able to perform two blasts without getting tired, and now he's at more than five in a row without getting tired at all. Thanks, Yoroichi. Chad begins making a move for Senzaikyu, past the 8th Division Captain's office, before the man himself, Shinsui Kyoraku, praises his skills. Flower petals rain down on the captain as he lands on the ground in front of our big lad as he introduces himself politely. Chad is surprised that Kyoraku is indeed a captain, and Kyoraku laughs at this, before turning to his lieutenant in confusion when the rain of petals just, like, starts increasing in, like, density. <laughs> and we get a shot of Nanao, like, pulling petals from the basket and throwing, throwing them down on him, before he asks a few times for her to stop. She gets irritated with him and then just, like, dumps the petals on him and, like, throws the basket at him. And he, like, sits on the with the basket on his head and plays with his hat. And Chad legit says, I don't have time for your skit, sorry. <laughs> He's like, what is happening? And I, I love this whole bit, because, like, Kiraku appears, and it's, like, this hu it's this huge production where you have, like, the wind flowing, and the petals dropping, and it's just, like, this really cool moment, and then you realize that's like, oh, wait, no, the petals are, like, a real, like, diegetic thing, and also Nanao is dropping them, and then he's like, okay... You, you can stop now, please, but he keeps giving her, like, cutesy nicknames. Yeah. Which she obviously is not a fan of, because the more cute nickname he gives her, the more petals are coming down eventually, until she's like, alright, fuck this, just like... <laughs> yeah, like, I I thought this bit was funny, I, I really, like, I'm glad he was the butt of the joke, and, like, I'm glad it wasn't, like, just him, like, being gross womanizer, but, like, obviously that still was part of the joke. Um, I, I thought it was very funny that, like, the basket just, like, replaced his hat for a bit. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, she hits him with it, and it knocks his hat off, and then it lands on his head. Like his hat. Um, Chad is, like, visibly embarrassed just watching this. He, like, he, he's, like, getting second-hand embarrassment, which I thought was very funny. Um, but he, like... As to be let through, and he, like, really expresses that he doesn't want to fight. Uh, and Kyoraku expresses that he does not wish to fight either, but he can't let Chad through. He asks if Chad can retreat, but Chad states he simply cannot. Kyoraku is like, then I have no other choice. And Chad's like, alright, I guess I'm gonna fight. And Kyoraku just sits down and, like, pulls out a bottle of sake and is like, how about a friendly drink? <laughs> uh... Chad is like, I'm a minor. And Kyoraku is like, ah, a good point. This does present a problem. Well, why don't you take a break anyway? It'll all be over soon. The other captains are already on the move. Why don't you sit things out? And Chad is like, okay, so you're just telling me that my friends are in danger, so I really need to get through. Can you, can you please move aside? And... Kyoraku basically responds with the cowboy, and if I don't, and Chad just, like, fires a blast at him. Like, he doesn't even wait anymore. But the captain effortlessly deflects the energy blast, and his kimono flies away, and then he stands up saying things are getting complicated. I love this whole exchange. It's Same. so good. I just, I love him being like, I can't drink, I'm a minor, and Kiaraka being like, all right, age, that's a thing. I forgot about that. <laughs> also, I appreciate that they, like, there is a, um, 
there's an easy joke that they could have gone for where like uh and they and like Ichigo does it in like a flashback later which is or no it's not in the in a flashback it's a, in a previous episode uh where he like is disbelieving of Chad's age due to his size but Kiraku is like oh you're a minor sweet all right fine sorry like I guess I'm just gonna be drinking alone then it's it's cool yeah I appreciate they didn't go for that either um there were some things like I don't know. I like this exchange too. I I don't know why I keep like drifting off. I'm like I feel like there's something more I want to say here, but also I don't have much more to add because there's not much more to add to this exchange. It's it's a good exchange. Uh and it makes me like Kyoraku even though I really don't want to. Yeah, like both of them have um like, neither of them want to fight, but both of them have specific beliefs that they're like, uh, hey, listen, I'm, like, I can't let you do the thing you're trying to do, but I'm not invested in hurting you or whatever, so if we could just, like, if you could either step aside, or on the other hand, if you could just, like, sit here and we can have a nice chat, that would be A-okay. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, both of them can't do that. So it's like, it turns their fight into, like, a little tra- a tragic thing, because, like, neither of them want to be there. They just want to go on. They just want to move on with their lives. Kyoraku dodges several more, several more blasts, barely even moving from his spot. He's, like, sitting and, like, dodging slightly to the side, all while continuing to drink sake. Chad sweats and thinks about the difference in strength between a third seat he faced earlier and Kyoraku. The captain tells Chad to give up, because no matter how powerful he is for a human, his attacks will never reach Kyoraku. He once again suggests that Chad leave and go home, and Chad again stands his ground, firing yet another blast that's easily dodged. Kyoraku appears behind Chad, explaining that there are two types of moves in his eyes. Ones that cannot be used when at one's limit, and those beyond one's limit at the expense of one's life force. And he concludes that the latter is the type that Chad has been using. He then, like, pokes Chad with two fingers and lets out, like, a quick spell, and Chad just goes fucking flying. Like, it's an extended, like, ten second sequence where he's just, like, rolling across the ground. Yeah, it's like, oh. Oh, right. Captain power. Captains are strong. He asks Chad once more to leave, but realizes he has not changed his mind, and he finally decides to ask why Chad is insisting on continuing to fight. Chad's like, well, I gotta save Rukia. And Kyoraku's like, she was only there for a couple months, dude. That's that's a really shallow friendship. And Chad, like, agrees with him here that it might not be, like, the strongest friendship, but he, like, basically asserts, like, more to himself here that Ichigo's desire to save her is more than enough reason to fight to save her. He's here and he's like, yeah, I'm not, like, I didn't hang out that much with Rukia and we barely, like, we're not really that much close friends. But Ichigo is and Ichigo's risking his life and that's, that's literally it. Like, it's there. The fact that Ichigo is risking his life for this means it's important enough that I do as well. Yeah. And Kiraku's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Kyaraku literally says, like, at this point, that it would be an insult to ask him to leave again after learning about his resolve. Uh, at the, when I was watching the episode, I was like, oh, yes, Chad remembered, I have resolve. <laughs> <I'm> like, 
then Kyoraku finally draws both of his Zanpakuto. This is the only captain that we've seen thus far that has more than one. The only Soul Reaper... We, is, is he the only Soul Reaper we've seen with more than one Zanpakuto at this point? Yes. Okay. Uh, Chad begins charging and preparing one final blast, noting that this may kill him before promising he will swear once more to Ichigo what he swore before. So, at this point in the episode, we get a flashback to Chad being beaten up by, like, two thugs, uh, and he's, like, refusing to fight back in classic Chad fashion. Uh, one, like, holds up a large rock and attempts to strike at him, and suddenly Ichigo shows up in the nick of time and kicks this thug, scaring both of them away, uh, and he, like, spits in their direction. Chad lies on the riverbank, looking at his coin, Ichigo stands and asks why he just stood there taking the punches, and calls him Chad here, and Chad corrects him, saying his name is Sato, but Ichigo just moves on, pointing out how badly he could have been hurt, and then again questioning why he didn't fight back, instead of fighting back like he did when he saved Ichigo before. Chad reveals at this point it is because he promised Abuelo, his grandfather, Oscar Joaquin de la Rosa, to never use his fist for himself. So... I, I do want to note here that Ichigo has never heard of Mexico, seemingly. He's like a middle schooler at this point, I suppose. It's like, not really part of his curriculum. I mean, I guess, but you, I feel like you would, like, at least, like, learn a tiny bit. Like, like at least get a feel for, like, oh, hey, maybe this is Spanish. Like, I feel like at some point you probably would have heard by that point in your life. It, it was very strange because... He, he, like, in the sub specifically, when Chad says Oscar Joaquin De La Rosa, he's like, what ethnicity is that? And I'm like, my guy, Chad is Mexican. <laughs> like, he was born in Japan, but, but, uh, um. Yeah, like, it, that's the thing, like, it, well, it even comes up, like, immediately, right? Because, uh, Chad mentions Mexico, and then Ichigo's like, I asked you, like, two weeks ago, and you told me you were from Okinawa. Yeah. Um. So, Ichigo says, I won't bail you out next time. And Chad just, like, continues to look at his coin, which he claims is more precious than his own life. Uh, one of the thugs, presumably the leader at this point, uh, is listening in on the conversation through a cell phone that was left behind. While Ichigo asks where the coin is from, Chad again states it's from Mexico, before Ichigo notices the phone, breaking it after Chad suggests they return it. Not gonna help you, Ichigo lied. Ichigo? <laughs> Ichigo did lie. Um, the next day, Chad mentally notes that he actually didn't lie about being born in Okinawa, but instead he moved to Mexico, Mexico when he was eight, due to his parents' death, to live with his grandfather. We then get a flashback within a flashback, reflecting on how Chad used to bully anyone who annoyed him since he was a rotten child. Oscar approaches a beaten-up Chad and kneels, holding out his hand, but Chad slaps it away before running away. Present flashback Chad recalls being shown his ways were wrong and learning how to be good from Oscar, admitting that he was actually very careless that day. The two thugs from the precious day- uh, the two thugs from the previous day return, knocking Chad out, and later he's tied to a chair under a bridge, Surrounded by the gang. Um, okay, so... I feel like we should go ahead and, like, talk a little bit about 
this flashback? Like, the the flashback within a flashback, because we get, like, bits and pieces of it, but not a whole lot. I'm, like, not really sure how I feel about it, to be frank. I was just gonna say, it's it's basically, it's mostly a reiteration of his, like, the introduction of his powers flashback. Yeah. Which is, hey, he used to, he used to be big and push around other kids, and then his abuelo told him that, uh, that wasn't cool. And he has a huge amount of respect for his grandfather, so, who, like, I think in, in this one is when, like, we learn that, okay, his grandfather is the one who, like, just raised him, period. Um, and... Because of that, he's decided uh, to not fight people, or at least not fight selfishly, is his uh, thing. Which just reminds me of why I'm angry at the ending of the series again. But that's that's a discussion for several years from now. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, I don't think I don't think it's bad per se. I just think it's like I'm I'm actually not like having a problem with the flashback within a flashback. Is it just me, or was Ichigo just, like, more antagonistic than usual during the flashback? Like, just, like, kind of being, like, a little shit? I, well, I think he was, but also this is Ichigo, like, I think this is Ichigo, like, before he has any real friends. I guess. I guess that makes sense. It just feels weird, because, like, at the beginning of, like, the series... When we get to Ichigo, he's already, like, pretty emotionally intelligent, and even if he can be, like, a little antagonistic, like, he's still, like, good-hearted. And it's not like he's not good-hearted here, he just seems, like, especially antagonistic at, like, at the beginning of this flashback. And, I don't know, it feels weird. Later, Chad is tied to a chair under a bridge, surrounded by this gang. Yokochini, the leader, lounges on a couch stating that this is the end for Chad, and he asks if the pain makes him want to piss himself? Well, Chad questions if that's a thing people do. Yeah, he's just like, what are- I don't- what? <laughs> and I appreciate that Chad is just, like, completely, like, I'm what glad- are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Also, no. <laughs> I, I was so confused when that came up, I'm like, What? Uh, Yokochini gets up and yanks the coin off Sato's neck. I, I wrote Sato here, even though I usually write Chad. Noting that he knows Chad values it more than his own life, and then he, like, starts to hold a pair of pliers to it, telling Chad to die. And then, in the flashbacks flashback, a young, injured Chad runs into an alleyway and is attacked by two men with wooden poles. He closes his eyes and waits for the beating, but is surprised to find his abuelo taking the beating instead. Though he bleeds, Oscar remains standing, only kneeling when they stop attacking, and he asks them for forgiveness. The two men walk away, humbled, leaving Oscar to smile, pressing his coin to Chad's forehead, and asking why he was blessed with such strong fists. He gives Chad the coin to help him learn his true purpose. Later, after Oscar's eventual death, Chad buries him, leaving, leaving flowers on his grave, and then he returns to Japan. Back in the current flashback, he claims Oscar's the reason he became who he is. He could never thank his abuelo enough, and he begins straining against the, cab the cables binding him to the chair. He startles the thugs, but Yokochini orders them to kick him down before he himself is kicked by Ichigo, who has once more suddenly arrived in the nick of time. Like Lin says, Ichigo just has like those Chad senses on lock. Yeah, for real. My best buddy is, is in danger. <laughs> Not on my watch. 
It really is, like, startling how Ichigo's just like, wait a sec. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like Chad is in danger. Where is he? Where is he? Runs in a certain direction and just, like, jump kicks without even looking. I, I don't know, I kind of love the Ichigo, like, showing up in the nick of time stuff. It's kind of silly. So, Yokochina is kicked down by Ichigo. Uh, and Ichigo grabs the coin, uh, thanking Yokochini for it, and then he, like, searches the leader's pockets and finds a cell phone, and he calls to request an ambulance. The thugs are all like, oh, is he, like, calling that for Chad? And he's like, well, actually, I'm gonna need one, two, three, four, five, yeah, five ambulances, (laughs) counting the men he hasn't beaten up yet. Uh, they rush him, and he just, like, beats all of them up. It's so good. Like, he... Like, this is one... This is, like, pure gremlin energy, Ichigo. Because he's holding the phone, he's talking, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna need a... It's a... At, under the bridge, at this at this thing. And then he just starts counting them, and it's like, Okay, it's, it's, there's gonna be this many injured people get here fast. And just, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> that is such, like, an... It's such a good, like, taunt slash threat that he's giving them. It really is. It's... It's peak Ichigo, frankly. I that was honestly probably the height of the episode for me. Uh, was him calling the five ambulances <laughs> because it was just so ridiculous. He lies on his back in front of Chad, who I, Chad's still tied up at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's still tied because the they've used like metal cables essentially to tie yeah. him up. Um, so yeah, he's still bound to the chair, and Ichigo is like. On the ground, exhausted from fighting everyone. It's like, hold on, Chad, I'll, I'll get to you after I catch my breath or whatever. So Ichigo at this point is like, okay, I have a proposal. What if I fight for you and you fight for me so you don't have to break your rule of not fighting for yourself? And Chad's like, well, I, I guess that makes sense. I, I promise. And then we cut back to the present where Chad remembers this promise and reaffirms it to himself, uh, and then continues running towards Kiaraku. He charges his final blast and remembers the events of past two of the past two months, as well as Oscar's words regarding his purpose. He unleashes the blast, destroying the captain's office, but is shocked when Kiaraku lands behind him. Uh, Chad's coin falls to the ground as a large amount of blood spurts from his chest. Ending the episode. It's it's a shocking moment, frankly. Yeah, like they do the, they do the whole like ch- like Chad's thinking to himself, stealing his resolve. There's triumphant mu- music going on. Uh, there's a scene of like ten seconds where he's running towards Kiraku, uh, just like looping the same animation, and then it's like, oh, um, sorry, buddy, <laughs> you're not captain level quite yet. Yeah, it's it's effective, um. I I didn't feel as strongly on that as I expected to because I mean frankly we we know like this is a 300 episode series and like them killing off Chad like even if you haven't seen the series them killing off Chad would probably be a bad idea at this point but it's it is still effective because it makes you want to know how he gets out of this one what's going to happen in the next episode Ugh. Excuse me. Is he going to keep his coin? Yeah, is he going to keep his coin? What's going on? Um, I don't know. I 
I'm not, like, cold on this episode. I guess I just didn't feel that strongly about it. Because, like, most of what we get... Like, a large portion of what we get in Chad's backstory is stuff we already know. It's just, like, now we know specifically the terms of the promise he made with Ichigo. Yeah, and it should be noted that the, um... The, like, Ichigo is the one who brings up, Hey, like, you fight for me and I fight for you, and that means you can defend yourself... Instead of letting just instead of letting people beat the shit out of you, you can defend yourself, and then you're fighting for me, not you. Uh, and also, if you have anything that's important to you and you'll risk your life to get it, just let me know, and I will fight for you. So yeah, this explains why Chad is like so willing to like die uh, for Ichigo, which it makes sense, but it also is like. I don't know, I, I kind of wish Chad would, like, also, like, have some resolve for himself, too. I don't know. That's just me. Lynn agrees here. Uh, yeah, I also like the, the final scene with Chad and Abuelo, and the ambulance and promise scene. The, I like both of those scenes. I, I, I don't dislike anything, like, in this episode, like, severely. I'm just not as hot on it as I expected to be. Yeah, it's just, like, it's, it's some good and some mediocre stuff, uh, like, the fact that a lot of the emotional beats of this is stuff that, like, we've, we've already thread, tread upon, or, uh, like, much earlier during the original uh, Chad, like, power-up, it, like, uh, it hurts, I think it hurts the episode a lot, but... I do, too. it's a fun, it's a fun episode. Yeah, it's, it's, it could, Lynn says it, well, it could have been more, and it isn't, and that's fine, but it's just fine, not much more than that. It's an inoffensive episode. I, 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 I sat down afterwards and I'm like, yeah, that was an episode of Bleach. And it wasn't like my, my normal, well, we sure did watch an episode of Bleach. It was a, yeah, that was an episode of Bleach. And, you know, like, frankly, with how bad the series gets, I'm okay with that. I'm fine. I'm just fine with that. <laughs> I, I was just going to ask if you want to cut to manga stuff or if there's anything you want to talk about in the ending. Uh, right. So the ending this time is Squad 8. With uh, Nanao hauling around. Like, th this is the thing that the ending made me realize. Nanao doesn't carry a sword on her. Like, she's one of the oh. only Soul Reapers we've seen that doesn't have a sword at all. She has a giant-ass book. <laughs> like, the book is about as big as her upper torso. Uh, Scholar. And so, she's hauling around her giant book, and we see Kiraku, like, he's drinking in the captain's office, he's drinking in the park, he's sleeping in the park with a bottle in his hand. Like, he's just drinking and sleeping in various spots. And, uh, then there, and it kind of finishes on this scene where Nanao is walking by with a bunch of the other, uh, female vice captains, and then they stop because they see Kiraku, like, passed out at a bar, and she's like, alright, <laughs> you guys go on ahead, I'll just, I'll carry him to his bed, it's fine. I feel like Nanao puts up with so much shit, and I don't know why. I don't think it comes up in the series until the stuff that doesn't have... Yeah, it doesn't. It only comes up after the stuff that doesn't even have an anime adaptation yet. Uh, like, Great. all of Nanao... Like, Nanao has an ex like a more or less extensive backstory and, like, a big... There's a lot of stuff uh, treating with their relationship to one another, uh, but it's so far in the future it's literally in the last arc uh a lot of the soul reapers only get their stuff in the last arc so that's just gonna be a thing why does that sound to me like it's like kabo was like wait 
I forgot to write a backstory for all of these Soul Reapers. Like, that that's what that feels like to me. Yeah, because the, the, the thing with the last arc is that it focuses a lot on... And I, I don't want to go on too much about that, because that's stuff that we'll discuss in the future as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of it that just doesn't focus on the main characters, and it's just it goes between a lot of like secondary or tertiary characters and kind of gives them a moment to shine of uh, specifically those that hadn't had to uh, time the sun beforehand so <laughs> as Lynn we'll... said everyone jot down your questions of why is this character like this so we're prepared for the final arc <laughs> <laughs> there will be a test <laughs> uh yes there will be a quiz on the <laughs> god and another bit with the ending is that so the f- the structure of the ending for the last like 12 or yeah 12 ish episodes has been that there's like a still shot or like a three gi- uh, three frame looping gif basically of Ichigo and the gang so it's like just the the five that invaded it's the entire group that got into uh, soul society basically and uh, it's a shot of them and then it cuts to here's a couple of animations with one of the squads but the thing is, the shots with Ichigo and crew, that tells a story too. Uh, because it's most... And I think it's the story of what would have happened if they never got split up. Oh. Because a lot of the shots are them like, they're all around a drinking fountain in Soul Society. They're all around... They're all walking through uh, uh, some halls. They're all, like, And it's all like these big group shots. And then... But then like I think it's the ones from last week where they're they're camping and then there's one where they're camping and they're cooking boar and Ganju is crying. He's like, "Oh my god, what have you done?" And then the next one. So it's like this is one episode, Ganju's crying, they're all cooking boar, and then the following episode is Ganju is tearfully hugging Bonnie because they were cooking a different boar. <laughs> That's very funny actually. And then this one, it's all, everyone's sleeping around the campfire, they're done eating. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like this little narrative that's just continuing if you, like, pay attention to the, the little changes. It's, it's just fun little bits. Yeah, that's very cute, actually. I like that. Yes, Lynn. Spirit boards. Spirit boars to go with the spirit fish and the spirit Tweety birds. <laughs> oh my god, we can't, we can't do this. They're... Instead, I'll go into the manga uh, differences. There, There is no... The only difference in the manga with these chapters is that uh, when Ichigo, like, kicks the guy in the face and knocks him to the ground, when, he stomp, when he's, like, curb-stomping the guy, instead of just curb-stomping him, he's curb-stomping his head into the river. So he's also partially drowning him. Oh my god. Uh, it's, it's a little rough. It's terrifying. But... The sequence, there's three, this episode uh, goes over three chapters in the manga, and each of those three, the, like, the end, like, joke, like, the 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 end of chapter, here's a thing that's not necessarily related joke, uh, one panel joke, it's, it's an arc, like, it's a three chapter arc, because the first one is this upperclassman guy just yelling, because... <laughs> Freshman Captain Uryu Ishida, nicknamed the Four-Eyed Sewing Machine, because of his unparalleled accuracy of and his needlework and his peerless speed, and the brilliant Orihime Inoue, 
who, despite her luscious anatomical impediment, has caused quite a sensation at the spring tournament with her creative avant-garde stitching. Without those two, Karakura will never make the na- will never make it to nationals. Oh my god! And I- then the second chapter is him just yelling, "Why can't we get in touch with them? What kind of teens don't have cell phones in this day and age? Why do neither of them have a cell phone?" On one hand, it does suck that like. What he points out about, in like, Orihime is her boobs. But on the other hand, it is very funny that they're just like, why can't we find them? Where are they? And the thing is, he gets an answer, and it's, Orihime is no good with machines, and Uryu's poor. Oh. And then the guy's like, uh, you're a senior, maybe you should retire from the club and start studying for college exams? Like, you care about this competition way too much. <laughs> And then the last chapter is him still yelling. Uh, the second guy is like, uh, Hirayama, like, buddy, are, are you okay? And then a third guy shows up who's also a senior. And he's like, look, he's just using this club to ease the pain of having been a bench warmer on the baseball team for three years. <laughs> I know what he's going through. It's fine. And then Onodera, who we've seen previously, like, hanging out with Orihime. Uh, 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 she talks to this guy, and she's like, um, you should also stop using the club to get over the fact that the boxing team never let you, like, fight a match. So it's just these two sportsmen who have been eternal bench warmers throughout their entire <laughs> high school career joined the Arts and Crafts Club, <laughs> and now they're complaining that their two star students aren't there to help them win nationals. That's The incredible. national competition of the Arts and Crafts Club. <laughs> That's, that's incredible. I, why is it, like, sometimes the end of, like, end of chapter gags are, like, actually, like, incredibly funny? It's very weird, because Kubo's, like, humor ranges from incredibly funny to, like, really, really try hard and not funny at all. Yeah, like, some of it's good, some of it's terrible, and then some of the, some of it is honest, is honestly just, like, a great bullseye, um. This chapter also had a... There's occasional, like, interviews with Khan where they take, uh, presumably, uh, like, fan questions that were sent in through the mail. Oh. And, uh, and Khan has, like, a radio show interview with, uh, some people. And there was one that showed up this time where he has it with Uryu. And the main important things that we pick up from that, uh, from that interview is that, one, Uryu lives alone and refuses to talk about why. Uh, which I think lends credence to the, uh... Uryu's poor. Not that he might necessarily be explicitly poor, but at least that he, like, lives a lifestyle that doesn't have a lot of frivolousness. Uh, right? So he might just have, like, a small apartment and basically spends all his money on his, uh, arts and crafts stuff. And the other thing is Uryu has no idea how to do, like, uh, like the traditional Japanese archery bow form. Uh, because you all, right and left-handers always use always hold the bow in their left arm, and Uru's bow is one that he li- holds in his right arm. And he says he's never taken archery lessons, he just does what works to be a Quincy. <laughs> okay. Like, sure, he's, ex- he's explicitly like, I have never done archery. I have no fucking idea how archery works. I just, like, the fact that my bow t- is a bow is a complete coincidence. This isn't archery. <laughs> it's being a Quincy. Sure. Sure, do you? Sure. It's like, 
I guess. Uh, I suppose there's probably, like, the way arrows fly through the air probably doesn't really matter when you're thinking of, like, spirit particles flying through the air, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Okay, headcanon here. What if Uri is actually poor because he spends all his money secretly on Gunpla? And he, like, just builds Gunpla all the time at home. It's like an I mean, Edward situation. I mean, Build Fighters has that character who looks like Uryu. <laughs> oh my god, you're you're right! Oh my god! Ugh. Like, that's that's just, like, one of the three main characters of the show. You're so right. Wait, isn't that in Try? Build Fighters Try is still Build Fighters. I mean, yeah, I, I just haven't watched Try. <laughs> I need to watch Try. Uh, I guess we should check up on Blazeball real quick. Let's go look at, a. Uh... What our buddies are up to in baseball. Tidings. A new era is written. Oh. Oh. Decrees. The book eats everything in sight. Stomachs rumble. Concessions are made. Deface. The book defaces itself. It rewrites the rules. Refaces the ballot. Regards itself. Recognizes your will. And close. The book closes on a prime piece of property in Baltimore. Peanut debris is cleared. Ground is broken on the crabitat. Hmm. I'm, I'm taking a look at the book. The Moist Talkers receive the Pope. Oh. I'm not, a go I'm not going to go through the... The, the only one I'm going to mention is that the Breathmints receive 13, which is um, traditionally or often in the many uh, arcana, it's the devil. Oh. So that's interesting. <laughs> the Lift receives strength. They have sixty four percent of the vote. <laughs> of course, the lifts because they knew what they were going for. Oh hey, the, we actually have the game band like credits here. Oh neat, that's cool. We yeah. all love baseball. And we all then, love baseball. Yeah, the book. I didn't look at the book. Certain thing. The book of baseball, the game of blank and blank. There's two pages now. Arcana, bury and burn. Something about days twenty seven and seventy two. What the fuck? Hall of Flame? Something something the dead? Oh my god. We should cut through a break and, and come back to this if we need to. Oh wait, no! All the so all the decrees are there, but only three of them, close, deface, and eat, are highlighted. Interesting. Weird. Something fairness, each team shall win the same number of wheels. Interesting. And then of course the whole uh the, the Hall of Flame uh is how that's called now, and most importantly, Blazeball is taking a siesta for this week, at least. Oh, the Ascension Clause is striked out, apparently? Hmm. <laughs> Alright, well... You want to go ahead and take a five minute? Let's take five minutes. Let's just take a little quick break. Yeah, let's take a little quick break. I'm gonna go get some water, and I will be right back. I mean, going forward to the next episode, episode 38, Desperation, the Broken Zangetsu. I like that this just... I'm so sorry. I, I, I was waiting to see if you talked or not, and I was sure you wouldn't. Um, I, I love how it just, like, spoils what happens, like, at the end of the episode right in the title card. <laughs> well, it's like, hey, this happens, and then you're like, wait, how does that happen? <laughs> He just got his sword. Don't break it. 
It's really funny, though, because it's like, at that point, why watch the episode? This happens right at the end. <laughs> yeah, tag your spoilers. <laughs> so, the first thing that we get after the title card is Nanao is standing on one of, like, just the completely ruined walls, and she's speaking to a messenger. And, because, like, so, basically, a ninja shows up and is like, hey, I have a message. And she's like, okay, but why didn't they just send me, like, a hell butterfly? It's fine. Um, and the messenger is like, well, this was, pr like, priority postage. Also, it's signed by the captain commander and Hitsugaya, the 10th captain. So then I was like, oh, fuck. Is it a top priority order? What the hell is happening? And then we we basically just immediately cut away to Ichigo, who is running the hell away from Zoraki. Like, Zoraki's scary. Yeah, running away as you do when you're facing Captain Zoraki. <laughs> He manages to barely block a blow and immediately retreats again. And Zoraki's like, Ugh, come on. <laughs> and I kind of feel for him. I mean, he's been excited about this fight for a couple of days. And now Ichigo is just like, nope, I am, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> and running the hell away as fast as he can. We all have um, been excited for this fight. And Ichigo's just kind of like blowing it here. <laughs> Ichigo continues running, uh, but he's trying to for to he's trying to calm himself down, and he's trying to forget the fear of you know his first attack just being completely ineffectual. <laughs> and, just, and it's like I I really like like th uh, this entire episode. Ichigo is like he is aware of the problem, and he is aware like he basically knows that he's on tilt. He under like he understands logically that he's completely on tilt and that he can't win the fight if he keeps being on tilt. So he's like, yeah, I have I have to calm down. I have to find some space. I have to like be able to just like reset and get back into it. And you know that's just good fighting game knowledge. Unfortunately, Zaraki like doesn't want to give him that time and busts through a wall, <laughs> telling Ichigo not to run so much. Uh, and it's like, he tells him not to run, and then he just kind of stands there and barely moves as he defends from Ichigo's attacks. And his own, like, he gives, like, super lazy, half-hearted, one-handed strikes, and whenever Ichigo has, like, blocks it, he's either knocked several meters away, or it's an overhand strike, and Ichigo blocks it and makes a crater under his feet. <laughs> like, it's... There's a lot of little details in this sequence that make Zoraki, like, just completely terrifying. It's like, oh, yeah, he looks like he's barely trying, he looks completely bored, and he also looks entirely unbeatable. Like, he's swatting Ichigo away like a child. It's also, like, it. it is arguably one of the, like, better animated moments. Like, it, it's very, very fluid uh, at this point, which... I, I do want to say it did draw my attention to how weird some of the proportions looked at this point, but, like, the, like, fluid animation in itself, like, at least, like, it made up for that. Yeah, Zoraki's, like, eight feet tall or something. <laughs> he's, like... <laughs> and he's, he's got like, a tiny right. head! He does have a, t a teeny tiny head. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, during the fight, there's a bit where, like, Ichigo, it like, just keeps attacking and attacking, and Zoraki's just, like, slowly blocking and blocking. And then there's a part where he just, like, he grins and just, like, opens his uh, coat more and kind of, like, intentionally takes a blow. But it doesn't work again, and Ichigo's like, well, fuck, that didn't cause any damage. Time, for, time to run away again. <laughs> nice try, Zoraki, but not yet. 
Not yet. Not yet. We gotta... He has to remember he has resolve. Come on. Didn't you see the last fight he had? Yeah, so he's trying to... Uh, Ichigo keeps running. He's trying to calm down, trying to focus. And, like, he know, like he knows what's wrong. So he's like, okay, I have to sharpen my resolve. I have to sharpen my blade. Uh, Zangetsu told me... Ex- it's the whole Zangetsu thing. He told me all about, like, fear and not letting it control me. And then he just, like, completely forgets everything because he realizes that Chad's spiritual pressure is gone. And he's yep. like, wait, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> he He's, like, completely convinced that, like, Chad is dead at this point. Yeah, he's, like, the only... Like, I was feeling Chad and it was great and now... I do not know if Chad is alive or dead, and that is terrifying. <laughs> Sorry, I have to draw attention to Lin's comment here. Zaraki's method of encouragement. Okay, okay, you got this. Kill me. I believe in you. Destroy me. I have utter faith in your ability to murderize me. He's like, you're showing such promise. <laughs> Cut my ribs. <laughs> Kiraku says that Chad's bl- final blow was incredible. Surprised that the man even got this far into Soul Society. And now runs up to tell him the news of Aizen's death. The cause of death, removal of his soul chain and soul sleep, and the destruction of his heart. This wasn't an accident, this was deliberate murder. Whoa. This, Kiraku- this is mind-blowing here. This is a murder. Well, he he wasn't aware of the situation, so she's just like, okay, listen, like, before you ask, he did not, in fact, trip and, like, kill himself on a guardrail. He was murdered. <laughs> Kiraku says they need to go see the body, and then now is, like, looking down at Chad's body and frowning. And we switch back to Ichigo, who is concentrating, and thankfully realizes that uh, Chad is still alive. And then it just, like, quickly switches back to Nanao, who notices the same thing. And she's like, hey, uh, Captain, did you fuck up? Is something wrong? Do you want, do you need me to deliver the final blow? And honestly, she's kind of scary here. Yeah, she is. She's like, do you want me to kill him? And her hand, like, starts glowing. Because she's, like, about to, like, perform a spell or something. And, like, I get it, because, like, she is also shook and mad that at Aizen's death. And she even says, like, these guys are probably at fault. But uh, Kiraku's like, no, 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 no. He has, like, a really condescending line where it's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want you to get uh, your hands dirty there. You're a pretty little lady and uh, women shouldn't be doing the killing. But at the same time, he's like, well, if he had, one, I don't want to murder him. Two, if he's got something to do with it, that's even more of a reason to keep him alive so we can interrogate him. So, you know, just call... Called the fourth, uh, the fourth division. We'll get him. We'll get him healed up. We'll get him in jail, and then we'll figure out what he knows. Back with Ichigo, uh, he re- like the fact that Chad is still alive reminds Ichigo what he's fighting for, and he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, I'm the vanguard. If I go down, everyone else is fucked. Like they're just completely fucked." All right, I got this. It's good. Okay, we got this. We got this. You you can do this, Ichigo. So he runs back to Zaraki, who had just been like, like he sat down against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, sweet. He's back. Perfect. Excellent. Great. And uh, Ichigo attacks him. And it just, bit, like, he gets nicked. But he does get nicked. So he makes Zaraki bleed. And Ichigo's like, I don't feel like dying. Because everything that's on my shoulders will be destroyed if I do. And uh, he tells himself that he's like, okay, I I cut him. 
I can hurt him. If I can hurt him, I can kill him. That means I can win. I can fight. And Zoraki, like, just... She's like, I knew you could do it! Come on! You see? You, you see this? He, like, points to his chest. You see this? This is what I'm looking for, bud. Yeah, he's, he's just like, you can do it if you try. Don't let your guard down now. <laughs> and he lets loose, like, even more murderous intent. And Yachiru's like, wow, he sure looks happy. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love that she's just like, oh, Ken's happy, yay. <laughs> <laughs> like, these two deserve each other. They're, they really they make- do. <laughs> they're just such a great pair. <laughs> Everyone else is like, uh, we, like, this is a danger, this is a problem, and he's like, a problem, someone who can kill me finally shows up. That's the opposite of a problem. <laughs> God. It's, it's like, on one hand, this whole fight, like, I, I was expecting it to be, like, a bit more badass, but, like, on the other hand, it's kind of hilarious, and, like, you know, I think that's a good exchange. Like, Zoraki is basically facing down a kitten in the corner and, like, encouraging it to, like, scratch at his finger. (laughs) You're not wrong! Oh my god. We switch to the captain of the fort squad, who is reporting on Aizen's corpse, saying that she's investigated every possibility of someone trying to use a gigai to fake the man's death. But it's only served to confirm, like, what they all suspected. She tells the captains of Squad 7, Kumamura, and Squad 9, Tosin, that once the current wartime orders are done, Central 46 and all the squad leaders will select a new captain for Squad 5, and she asks the pair to return to their own squads, and that she's going to head to the front line as well. Outside, the pair are greeted by their vice captains, and they confirm the situation. Nice. Tosin is like, the quickest way to get to the bottom of things is to end the fighting, and because of that, I will join the fray. He then blames fighting for causing people to be misled by ugly emotions and for causing tragedies. And he's like, I hate fighting. Fighting is the worst. Uh, it's just the absolute worst. And I'm like, the, Why the are way you a he... cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, he's, he's saying that, but it's like at the same time, he's not blaming. He's blaming the act of fighting for ugly emotions and tragedies as opposed to like the things that cause the fighting right like there there's like a weird way that he's that he's saying it where he's like no i'm blaming like the capacity to fight <laughs> he's he's like stating his ideology it's just he has a very strange ideology yeah uh we quickly uh as he's like yeah, fighting is wrong. I hate fighting. We return to the one person in the world who loves fighting more than he hates it. And Ichigo is, like, having to dodge a fatal attack because Zoraki's like, what if I just grab your sword barehanded and then lifted you up and then tried to stab you? And Ichigo has to, like, twist himself like a pretzel just to not get skewered. It's such a... It's, it's an incredible moment where you're like, oh my god, Zoraki... Zaraki, what are you doing? Oh my god! And then Ichigo somehow manages to not die. I, I, I'm more impressed with the fact that Ichigo doesn't die immediately here than I am, like, surprised at, that, at how comedic this fight is. It's, it's simultaneously impressive and hilarious, and I can't get over that. Yeah, like, and, like, before Ichigo even, like, lands again, Zaraki is completely gone from his field of vision. 
But Ichigo hears bells and is able to predict the direction of the attack. And Zoraki's like, fucking incredible. Like, Zoraki, the ultimate feel-good workout partner, he's like, good job. You finally uh, you finally have enough focus to actually listen to what the fuck is happening. I'm the only wearing where I'm wearing these uh, the these bells, this eye patch is to give myself a handicap. But if you don't pay attention, it doesn't there's no point. So, you know, I'm so happy that you are actually cluing into my handicaps. It's great. <laughs> like Zoraki just like the the absolute ultimate uh supportive coach. <laughs> Now, Ichigo, after this, I'm going to need you to really, really focus on your hit confirms, buddy, because you can just keep swinging wildly and landing some unsafe attacks, after which I'm just going to attack you, bud. That's how this works. Your neutrals aren't bad, but I have to make, you have to make sure that I don't catch you sleeping when I block an attack. Like, you have to make sure to, you know, try to only throw out the safe moves in when, when you're in neutral. <laughs> Zoraki teaching Ichigo fighting games No, actually, oh wait, hold on, hold on Guys, guys, wait, wait No, I figured it out Other way around We, okay Zoraki teaches Ichigo how to fight But like, I need like A side, like just a side Story where Zoraki comes to like The human world and Ichigo sits down And is playing like a fighting game And Zoraki's like, what's this? I need Ichigo to teach Zoraki how to play fighting games. I need this. I need this so bad. I don't understand. Why am I losing? Because you're not blocking. Blocking is for cowards. <laughs> it totally would be that. Zoraki is the guy who spams Dragon Punch just the entire match. Absolutely. He, he's, the, he's the Unga Bunga Ken. <laughs> Street Fighter Five. I... I I played a lot of Street Fighter Five with with my pal Space, and Space would show me like w the definition of Unga Bunga Ken, which is just a dragon punch every single time you get knocked down, and it worked. It worked so well. It was so scary. You can predict the Unga Bunga Ken, but it won't protect you from the Unga Bunga Ken. It's true. Oh my god! Oh, I need this. I need this. <laughs> With this whole explanation, uh, Ichigo is like, well, you know, maybe you should release his blade. And Zoraki's like, well, I, this sword doesn't have an unsealed state. And Ichigo's just like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank Christ. He's not going to get any stronger. <laughs> you won't be getting a power boost. And Zoraki's like, uh, excuse you? No, 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 no. I don't seal this blade. It's not I didn't seal the blade, so I'm not going to get stronger than this. It's, I'm so goddamn powerful, I literally cannot seal my blade. So I make a habit of holding back when I'm swinging my sword. Because otherwise, my fights would end too quickly. And he shows off by just immediately piercing through Ichigo's sword like a hot knife through butter. And stabbing the boy in the chest. Which breaks the sword in half. <laughs> and he's like, oh fuck. You thought you could win for a second and you lost focus. Shit. Oh. <laughs> well, there goes my toy. <laughs> And it's like, Ichigo is, like, it's heart-wrenching. He's on the ground and trying to breathe. Uh, and Because he, he just got stabbed in the lung. And he's, and Kenpachi, like, looks down at him and he's like, oh, This isn't fun. Fuck. <laughs> Alright, well, we had a fun time for a little bit. See ya. Like, and then he just turns to leave. <laughs> and I was like, oh, god. 
So I did not expect Zangetsu breaking to be like this hard, this like terrifying, because the actual act of the sword breaking is just this complete. Um, it's 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 given the importance of Zoraki like taking a step and like maybe moving a branch out of his face, like that's the effort that he seems to give. Yep. Uh, to do that, and it's like oh, oh Ichigo, I guess you weren't ready to face a captain after all. It, it does a very good job of, like, just displaying the difference in power, like, from a captain to a lieutenant. Uh, I, I worry that next episode, like, next week, I really worry that we're just gonna get, like, the Ichigo power-up moment, and then it's just gonna be, like, fine. But, like, also, I don't know if this is a fun episode. Oh, don't worry. Next episode is a, uh... It's partially that, but also it's some uh, it's some uh, character development stuff. Oh, all uh, right. Because at the end of this episode, we see Ichigo is like struggling to move his body to stop the bleeding. He's pleading with his body to allow him to fight to let him save Rukia, and then time stops, and he sees Zangetsu walking past Zoraki, and his like cape is unfurling like a weird like shadow demon. It was a neat ending card, I will say. Like. I, I do appreciate how some of these, like, to-be-continueds have been going on lately. Like, they've been pretty solid. They've been real strong on the, uh, just on the, the static visuals. Uh, overall, like, this episode was just really good. <laughs> yeah, like, I enjoyed this one. Because it's, it's a lot of good animation for small, understated movements. Uh, yes. Like, Zoraki's not moving a lot, but you can tell from the way that, like, the way he settles his weight, just cut like the the small motions he's doing to dodge stuff, you can tell that he's got everything in control. Like it's just got it just feels like he's barely trying. And even though he's barely trying, you have like the flip side of that, which is Ichigo like n- no longer panicking, but still like having a just a rough go at trying to hit him. And just like, oh damn. Overall, I I, I really, really do appreciate how this episode is simultaneously hilarious and, like, fun to watch just because, like, it's a good fight. As well as having, like, just, like, little, little, like, beats regarding, like, you know, the other captains and what they're going, like, what they're dealing with. I, I, I don't see much wrong with this episode. I don't think it does anything, like, astonishingly amazing. But, like, it, it's a good episode. I, I don't think it's bad. Not at all. Yeah, it focuses on Zoraki, which may, basically turns it into a great episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the ending theme this time is a captain we have not seen, who's got a long... Well, we haven't seen him as part of the, uh, of the captains, but we have seen him in Rukia's flashback. He's the one who stopped her from going to help whoever it was that she couldn't help. The guy who talked about how there's... Uh, battles you fight to protect someone and battles that you have to fight for yourself like that's this guy ah yes the classic rukia do not fight man and the one like interesting bit that we get from his uh from this ending sequence is that when he unleashes his sword it turns into two blades that are tied together that's sick it's the second person we've seen that has two swords for a a release although like, Kiraku has two separate blades. Uh, he just has one blade that turns into two. I'm into it. I, I dig it. The manga differences is, like... The, like, the one manga difference is that 
and this is a thing that I think the anime did, like, which really worked. Um, in the anime, you have now, like, talk about Chad, and she notices him, and then we it goes to Ichigo, and Ichigo notices that Chad's pressure disappeared, and then Ichigo realizes he's alive, and then we cut back to Nanao. In the manga, it's all of the Nanao stuff. And then we get Ichigo, like, noticing that Chad's spirit pressure disappears and then realizing he's alive. But, there, like, you know that Chad's alive at that point because we've already had the whole conversation with Kiraku and, um, and Nanao. Classic manga bit of, like, doing, like, a very, like, the anime does a very subtle change here that, like, changes the tone for the better, I think. Very... Typical, like, manga difference stuff. I, I'm into it. And the other thing is, the messenger, they say he's from Squad 5, but it's not Squad 5 of the 13 Court Guard divisions, it's Squad 5 of, like, the Ninja Division, who is Squad 2. What? Because, so the the, sec, the second uh, 13 Court Guard division... Uh, the one that's under that's under the se- the second captain, the special ops, like uh, Lynn mentions, the special ops squad is itself divided into five squads. Okay. And this guy is like he's the special ops guy. He's part of the fifth squad of special ops, but all of special ops itself is squad two. Okay. And no. that and the final bit. Do you remember the? The blonde guy from fourth, uh, from fourth division, like the guy with the glasses, who was like kind of bossing Hanatoro around. Vaguely, because this time the end of chapter gag is he's writing a letter, <laughs> and, and it goes, "Hello everybody, I'm Yasochika Iemura, third seat of fourth company, who many say is better looking without glasses." With pen in hand, I express the anguish of middle management personnel in the form of a daily clinical log. I hope you will read this all the way to the end. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, the uh, And then, like, this episode, it, they, ki- they actually kind of end in, like, mid-manga chapter. And, like, the next chapter can- just continues on this joke, but I'll leave it to next week. It's, it's some good stuff. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited. Like, these end-of-chapter gags have been pretty solid, for the most part. Yeah, like, sometimes it's just, like, a blood splatter, and then sometimes it's just... Here's, like, just a funny thing, which is, I think, considered canon. Like, he is in... During the the story, right now, he is, in fact, sitting at his desk writing this... How he complains about being middle management. (laughs) I appreciate that. Like, I appreciate these little snippets of what's going on other places. Like, I don't know. It's a good thing. It's cute. Shall we go ahead and end the episode? Yeah, I think we can, uh, we can end the episode on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. So, this has been It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore pause. Or you can find the show at BleachCast. You can also email us at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. You can find me at ssbslj on twitter.com. You can find me at lot underscore lake on Instagram. That is L-O-T-E underscore lake on Instagram. And, oh, this week was surprisingly painless. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay cool, chads. But, Lily, how will we make it to nationals without... <laughs> without Uriyu and Orihime.
How will we make it to Arts and Crafts Nationals? I'm not getting pulled into this. You can't do that. I don't care about Nationals. I'm not a sports fan. I don't care about Nationals. I don't Maybe care if about you did, and... we would win. <laughs> Stay cool, Chads. I'm ending this recording. Yeah.